Hi, and welcome to the first episode of Ashtanga Dispatch, the podcast. I'm Peg Mulqueen, and I'm really excited to share with you one of the most important people in my practice and probably my life, my teacher, David Grieg. David is an exacting teacher whose passion and devotion is as contagious as it is inspirational. David rarely holds back, and in our conversation, he shares things I've never heard before in all the years I've known him. We talked about his family, his experience as a student of Guruji's, and some exciting upcoming projects that he's working on revealed here first. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Do you remember when I, I don't know if you remember, but do you remember when I first met you in the Outer Banks? Yeah. I don't know if I ever told you this story, but I was so mad at you. No, I was really mad at you. Like nobody ever yells at me like you were. I mean, everything I was doing, usually people just, they give you a few adjustments, you know, whatever. <laughs> everything I did was wrong. I mean, you were across the room. You'd never met me before. Everybody knew each other. I didn't know anybody. I said my name. I go in the back. I think I'm going to be incognito. And all of a sudden I hear, Peg, <laughs> knees closer, feet closer. And so I'm looking at you and I'm like, closer? I put him close. No, closer. I'm like, so I put him closer. I did... Every time I turned around, you were your voice was calling my name. And I, I remember landing my Krandavasana and you walk past me and you go, You're never gonna lift that if you keep landing that quickly. I was like, oh my god, this guy is brutal. Brutal. I finally got done my back bends. I don't know if you remember this, but I'm like, I stood there and I waited for you and I waited, right? And Joanna came over and she did my dips. And I was like, fine with that. I'm getting my squish, the one great part of your practice. And you turned around and you go, Peg, did you do your back bends? I said, yes. And you go, let me see. And I looked at Joanna, who was laying on top of me at that point, And I go, is he serious? And she goes, uh-huh. And she just nodded her head, yes. <laughs> so I stood up and from there, again, legs closer, feet closer, Knee, you know, straight legs, reach up. I was dying by the end. I got out into the parking lot and I called Michael and I said, Oh my God, I am not going back. I'm going home right now. I am so mad. I cannot believe it. He yelled at me the whole time. I, my name was everywhere. <laughs> and Michael laughed his ass off. He was like, this is good. <laughs> He was like, nobody does that to you. He's like, you have to go back tomorrow. And I was like, ah, oh, damn it, I do, don't I? And, uh, oh, and you did, did you know any of this? Not at all. You didn't know any of this? Not at all. You were oblivious to the whole thing. Yeah. So the next day I go in and I did everything you told me. And I did it out of spite. I was like, I'm going to show you. I can do everything you just told me to do. And you just smiled obliviously and was like, good. That was it. I was like, nothing. Nothing. Did you um, never notice, did you? No. No. I mean, other than, I know it's hard, <laughs> but I didn't know you were, that kind of whole process was going on. Although, I can guess, too, uh, you, you know, the that some kind of questioning or Testing, you know, like 
who is this guy? What's, what's he telling me to do? I was mad. Yeah, yeah. I was mad at you. Yeah. No, I didn't know that. And the, I remember the chick next to me, the next day, after I was doing everything exactly how you said it, I remember she called you over and she was like, David, will you look at my Kapitasana? And I was like, oh. <laughs> I wanted to throw myself on top of her and protect her. <laughs> I think I got through my whole finishing and she was still doing her Kapitasana with you. <laughs> right? True story. Yes. Yeah. But it was a really good week. But you're intense. Yeah. Has anybody told you that? Definitely. <laughs> I know that. Yeah, but in a really loving way. Yeah. It's uh, and it's uh, spontaneous. It is, isn't it? Yeah. It just comes from just seeing possibilities, right? And just wanting those to happen. The possibilities for for all of yoga, for but for the asana and just the beauty and the order to emerge and the meditation and everything. And, I, and then I just get caught, you know, get... Your eyes just lit up when you said it. Your, your <laughs> eyes just lit up, the possibilities. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so, and also that just how hard yoga is, like, to really walk the steps and how far there is to go and how short the time is really seems yeah. like you got so long but it's a very short time and, and so but it took a long time too like to hone that and to direct the force of that I'm of my intention and what I'm actually trying to teach somebody and so the, the urgency of it or the intensity has built over time because of just what I've learned and what I see and what I see someone can do or where they can go and what they could understand. What were you like as a student? I've been dying to ask you that. I <laughs> <laughs> um, was a very challenging student. You are? In a, in a certain way. Um, just... Because I'm very independent, um, but um, actually, it's not exactly true. I'm a good student, but I have to. It has to make sense to me what I'm being asked to do, and um, and also the or the person this has to be so strong, like Patabi Joyce, yeah. <laughs> right? So that he is strong enough to just hold his ground and do what he wanted to do and then I had to, my choice of how I was going to respond to that. And, um, and I, I got, I was so mad at him too. Um, and he played that. He knew I was mad at he him. He did. Yeah. And he played that and he, t he tested me. Um, so for his strategy for me was not to help me. <laughs> Opposite. Yeah. He completely, did not help me at all and and expected me to just practice for months while he helped the other 11 people in the room all around me oh my god he didn't help me and um and i went crazy i went crazy um and but i'm also like a stubborn student like i almost quit i almost 
stopped going to it. But almost just out of spite, I didn't, you know. Well, that's what I did to you. I had a spite. I came back the next day and did everything you told me to do. Yeah. And um, so obviously as a student, then I'm very serious, right? Mm -hmm. And um, and I work really hard. Mm Mm-hmm. And I listen, I take in the information, and I, but I also, like I said, I, I see things in my own way, and so, and that has to make sense to me. And if it doesn't, then I, I'm challenged, and I, and then it's hard to be, um, have equanimity. Yeah. I don't hide my emotions that well. <laughs> like, I'll either pout, you know, yeah. be kind of sullen. Or I'll act out or something, you know, like, because cause it's so important and I just so care about it so much and I want to understand. Well, how did he figure it out? So what happened? What was the resolution? So he didn't pay any attention and out um, of spite you came. Yeah. Well, the resolution was, which it was, um, for one, I was a mama's boy, right? I grew up without really yeah. a father, without a father figure raised by my mother with my sister and so a lot of feminine energy yeah and like i never picked up a hammer even you know i didn't do those man things and um and so i i had issues with that like with um authorities that are male and stuff and um and so and i had like a dependency kind of too yeah um on my mom and, and all this, you know, kind of psychological stuff. And, um, and so that I worked that out there. Like Guruji, he left me alone because, because I wanted him to help me so bad. Like, you know, yeah. like I wanted him to be my father or something, something like that, or wanted like that. And, but, but I did, but I didn't need that. I needed to just stand on my own. And so he just, I mean, it went on it through t- more than one trip. Too. And um, but I did slowly work it out. Instead, I got mad, and but I also practiced for myself, and I and I learned for myself, and I finally didn't. It came the day where I didn't care anymore. Like I actually stopped looking. I'd watch him, you know. Like I would be practicing, but I'd be watching. Who's he helping now? And this kind of stuff, you know. And then I, I stopped all that. I just started practicing, and just I didn't care what he did I, I just practiced and when I got to that place then he, he helped me then it was all it just completely shifted the energy like completely so what he did was he sent you the message that you are capable you don't need my validation whereas if he would have stepped in before yeah then it would just perpetuated all these things yeah and yeah so he wasn't fucking with you. He was no, 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 no. He <laughs> no, was not very, fucking with me at no, all. No, it, it was actually healing. Yeah, this really strong healing. Like yeah, it, well, it it you know changed me forever. It, it uh, and also the, because also when I was younger, a lot of fear. I was a really nervous person. Um, really easily afraid and. In physically, but also like psychologically, and so it's kind of flighty. Be you know, want to escape or run? I was a runner, and so that also got worked out. Just this fear, like 
interior fear that just resolved. And partly that was just from feeling that independence and able to rely on myself. And, and uh, but there was a, there was a love that was a very calculated way, right? It was an anti-teaching in a way, but it's very calculated teaching. And so there was a lot of support in that, actually. And especially since when it resolved, there was a whole different relationship. What was he like? <laughs> well, he was intense. Was he? Oh, man, in the room. He's a super intense and um, very demanding. And the uh, energy of the room, like, was charged and serious. But And then when you were not practicing... He was kind of, in a way, I mean, he had moods. Like, he was a very real person, too, which was cool. That is cool. He was not putting on an act at all. So if if he was tired, it was tired Guruji. And if he was, you know, like explosive and like commanding, whatever it was, he was, he was, just let it be. And that was cool to see, just a real person, you know. And, uh, but he was passionate about yoga. Because, like, when he was not teaching, he was a different person. He was way more calm and almost a little bit shy, maybe even. Very nice, very jolly, kind of. um, Didn't speak really very good English, so there was kind of limited communication. But he was always just putting off this kind of happy vibe. This, yes, what news, he would say, when you come over. What news? And... Very simple, you know, man. And um, but teaching is just ferocious. I still remember um, Peter Samson, a senior student. Um, we were we would always laugh at him. At so Scourge, he would do things like we'd call it. He th- keep he keeps throwing you off the scent, like like he throw you off balance and stuff. When you thought you were getting it, he would figure out a way to like show you you weren't getting it like there was more and um you do that yeah 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 i got that from him yeah you do you definitely <laughs> yeah like we would practice in the in the early ship like 4 quarter to five and that, that all the kind of more advanced students would do that and then the the newer students would come after that and we would finish upstairs and you would hear and, and so the morning was all quiet you know, just breathing and mostly. He didn't really get into it too much. But by the time we were upstairs, the commander, we called him, the commander would be out just barking orders. You! Yes, you do! What? Bad men! Just really, like, he loved beginners. And he worked Aww. intensely with people and got really involved in, in that. And so, and then you'd always, the goodbye was always there and that would be kind of like after you got rung through the ringer he was very usually very sweet at that time you know just obviously caring and um, and he was um, like I like to call it like a mystical strategist he was he never operated very like directly kind of linearly really worked kind of circumspect-like and behind the scenes and um, intuitively. And so, and part of his not speaking English 
it it added to that somehow that that you he was approaching things in a very deep way that you didn't realize necessarily what was going on or what he was intending and that you and it would come up come around later like you would start to sort of understand what was happening so he's a very strong person too oh like um, and he did not like complacency so like one time I was I was he was trying to get me to grab my ankles in the back bend, right? And so I would walk in, and I I, I was chicken. <laughs> and so I I didn't do it that well, really, you know. And um, I was a little bit stiff too, not just chicken. But um, so one time I came up, and I I came up out of it, and he goes, "Whoa, better!" And I was like. I agreed with him. I was like, oh, yes, Guruji. And he was like, better, bad man. Oh. Just like immediately just shut that down. He was expecting me to go, no, not better. I can do better, right? But you were going to rest in it. I was, was like, gonna, no. Yeah, just gave me the bad man. <laughs> <laughs> and that thing stick with you, you know. Yeah. It's like. When you're describing him, you're describing you. I mean, like, that's the way I look at you. I learned from Oh, jeez. As soon as I, like, think, I'm like, yeah. And you're like, I get it good, and I'm like, huh. And you're like. <laughs> I know. It was that that fast. Yes. Too, right? You, yes. One better, it turned into better. Bad man. I'm like, oh, wait. Can we go back to. <laughs> Can we go back to. Can we go back to super? <laughs> super. <laughs> you did get a lot. That's It's really interesting to hear you talk about him because I would describe you in the room very similarly. I also would describe me as a student pretty similarly. Yeah. And see, there's this trust part. Yeah. That's like, um, that, and like what I was saying about the fear and um, this, yeah. like... It's weird to be like to have this mixture of kind of dependence and then this independence. Like because I don't trust, it didn't trust easily. Right. Right. But he also, I don't know, he wanted that trust or like he needed to have that trust to be able to teach you. Well, it's important. You know? Yeah. But it's so and hard. It's so hard, and it takes time, and every person has to walk into it differently. And then, and so, like, he was really skilled at sensing that and, and, like, being there for people to build that trust, you know, and that was big. Like, I saw him work with everyone different, too. That was the other thing, is that, like, he, he had my, you know, this whole strategy I'm describing with you, but it was entirely different for each person. And it was just as intricate and, you know, chess match. Um, and I saw all fate I saw such tenderness because people would come there in a lot of pain uh, for not just physical but for physical things for really intense emotional uh, things uh, you know losses and deaths and injuries and uh, all kinds of life pains and past abuse and um, he and I just saw him walk with people through that all different kinds of people crying and just going through so many things and him being just so tender on one hand, so available in a way 
And then, like I said, the other way, just barking and being so strong with people and, um, and yelling and being like, just trying to get them to wake up. I was just going to say, it's not really a scolding. It's a energetic thing, isn't it? It's yeah. like a breaking through. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and it takes a lot of intensity. And then the other thing about Guruji, like this man is five foot two. Really? So, oh, so tiny. And yet, look at unbelievable. He taught Mysore for 50 years. And he Aww. backbended people. Like, he. I never saw him with, never, he almost was never sick and never, uh, he, oh, he's so strong and physically. Wow. And adjusting people, big people, stiff people, like a rock, crazy style. Wow. Amazing. And there's no doubt teaching, and he even said it. That when he's teaching, then death is going further away. Um, you right? Stopping teaching, deathing is coming. <laughs> oh. Yeah, he lived for that. No question. I loved it. Do you ever wish there was something you could have asked him? I do, but I there's many things. Like I, I kicked myself. But at the same time, I, I, if he was here, I would still be afraid of him. That's the funny thing. It's like I, I was always afraid of him. And, and even though, and not everyone was like that, right? I mean, I don't know. That's what it fears from the outside. Right. That some, but, but just the nature of it, I was always afraid. I could never really be comfortable uh, with him. And, and so it would be hard for me to ask those things. And also he was very, he would deflect questions a lot. He did not want to talk about theoretical things very much. Like, cause that's what I would want to ask him about. Like, and whenever it seemed like whenever I did, it didn't work out. Like one time in Boulder, he was doing a conference and, um, and he went for his line, his classic, yoga is 99% practice, 1% theory. And then I made the mistake. Oh, no. I said, Guruji, but what, the 1% theory, what is, which books, which theory? He was like, bad man. That was that. That was it. Yeah. He's like, that was not why I made that statement for you to ask what the theory is. It was for you to go, Practice is everything. Almost, right? So he didn't want to hear that. And that's the thing. is, and, But in the right circumstance, he would answer questions like that. And so you could get that kind of information from him, and that would help you. But he didn't value it that highly, because he, the practice is what where your answers are. Well, and... If I'm understanding what you said before, not looking for it outside of you. He kept telling you yeah. it was in you. He kept saying it's in you. I mean, that's what he was telling you in the beginning by not, you have it. Yeah. And so by saying, when you said, what books do I need to go to? Yeah, again. Like, no, go back to your own. Yeah. And you get a lot. I mean, it always amazes me how much you practice and how much you come up with um, through your own. Your practice is still developing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. 
<laughs> yeah, and in, in really different ways. Yeah. Than it's than ever, than ever. That's really definitely, and I because I love it for one, and and I I don't know. I depend on it too. It's like without the practice, and I'm I'm less less of a person really like I, I get so much from it and it, it it helps me to be myself really and so I'm always it, I'm just so thankful for it in that and I'm also though I'm thankful in a way that for me practice there's a creativity aspect to it that um, that is important and that comes just naturally, like uh, an investigative quality in it that keeps making it new and um, just kind of developing it and um, exploring in it. And then also, like what I say and talk about, that it, it it's natural. Which with me, it definitely started as a very physical thing. Like I've always been, like I was a serious skateboarder snowboarder and I always have loved to dance and just my body's has been so important and um, and movement and that and so when I went to yoga I didn't come thinking about God or, right. or any of those things and but but yoga, but yoga is that it's a it's a relationship a communion it's about prayer and about connecting in the deepest way and I I feel like that walking through that progression that leads to that through practice makes it new. Like you keep discovering new things about it because you, because there's more insight coming up about that. And so in a way, it, it, and it, you could say in a way it's less physical, but not really because it, it's such a physical expression is possible of that spirituality. And, um, but it certainly involves. Um, there's a statement Iyengar made that I, it, 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 I feel it's true. Like my own practice experience, he said, when I was younger, I played. Um, now I'm older, I stay. Yeah. So it's like there's more stillness. There's more real exploration within a stopping of the body, and a care for that. Um, now and so then then different asanas become more interesting because of their potential for that for really staying in a position and breathing and meditating and being there um, I'm not so. really good at that <laughs> <laughs> I know I know you know but and that's it it, it will come it's um and there's it doesn't. It, it's not necessary until it needs to come, either, because there's so much to get from rhythm and from uh, dynamism and action and breathing. I'm not really good at that either, though. <laughs> I'm kind of in between, right? I'm like, I don't know. Sometimes I yeah. feel like you're a very serious, very strong practice. So I'm always, um, as you were describing yourself, I think that's. I take it very seriously. But at the same time, I have a lot of doubt and a lot of fear. So I'm like yeah. drawn to the exact thing that I'm also very afraid of. Yeah. 
and I know you and I have had those conversations where I didn't really, you know, when you would try to move me into a more subtle place and I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, seriously, sometimes I feel like I'm Alice and you're like the the cat with the Cheshire cat and you're just like, (laughs) and I'm like trying to find my way down here and you're like giving me like, go this way and you're doing your fingers in two different directions and I'm like, (laughs) and then smiling. Yeah. Happy. And I'm just muddling my way. I know, but do you see that poem I read yesterday? Yes. I mean, that one's so big. Look at that. It says that I dove in to catch the fish of faith. Yes. I, and I, and to do that, I cast the net of devotion. But the net got torn to shreds. And all I found was some shells and jealousies and things. <laughs> See, this is what I'm saying. That when I'm saying it starts off as a very physical thing. Faith is a weird word. It's a very loaded word in a way. But... It it really means a knowledge of that order that of the this godly order this that that the universe really is unfolding in a meaningful purposeful way and the really saintly person experiences that they know it really they fully you know and then but we want to believe it even though even the ones that with the devotion like you cast the net. But it's still just the world, your experience, and the outer world, but also desire and appetites and different conflicting things come in and tear that up, even though you don't want it to. There's some that, I don't know, they're kind of a God-haters. They don't even want to believe in God, or they don't want to think about it. But most people that do yoga, they would love to believe, or to have faith like that. But it's so hard one. I want proof, though, too. I know well, that's I know, what proof. Yeah. And Gurdji he says it in his book, we're so stuck on the visible world. This but this is not yoga. The, yoga is to find the invisible world. And so the proof it can't be scientific proof like that. It can't be. It can only be this experiential but you see how why the practice is such a riddle then, right? Because like you have a physical body, and they're like you're giving us all these moves to do, and and then they're saying yeah, but now you have to go like, but really the real <laughs> yoga isn't, and you're like really, no, this I know. is I thought the yoga was putting my foot behind my head. Yeah, yeah, I know. Go this way. Riddles. Like, <laughs> yes. Fingers in two the, different directions. That's right, and right? the smile. And the smile. And it's partly, be- and it really is about the mind. Right, that the mind—it's it, a—it's a concept maker, an idol maker, and words and language and meaning and like that whole matrix of spinning out of thought is making illusion, and it's just like—and so yoga is to dispense with that. And what is that? And what is when you dispense with that? Something sacred is there. Something worthy, more worthy or more valuable. That's that's really it. But you have to go through those in one way you've got to pull yourself out of the conceptualization and the thinking enough to know that you're doing it. Right? So you have to be able to think about thinking and know that you're doing it. You're doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Alice. <laughs> Ah. Then, from thinking about thinking, 
from knowing that you, your mind is spinning out these things, which is in, doubt is included, or faith even. Faith and doubt, they don't even belong in this place where there's no thought, right? They're just two more opposites. So that faith is ridiculous, as ridiculous as doubt. Oh, no. Oh, you're doing it again. Do you know when I was a little kid, I was um, obsessed with the saints. So I would read books on the saints. I mean, I was, I would, I would devour them. I wanted to know God so bad as a little kid. And I would, and I would have these experiences, but then I got scared because in every book of the stories of the saints, Jesus appears and I did not want Jesus appearing to me. Like I was like, I am not ready for that. shit. (laughs) So I went to my, so I was, I was scared. I got scared. And so I went to my mom and I was like, I, I'm scared. And she's like, what are you scared of? And I'm like, I'm scared. Jesus is going to appear to me. And she was like, Oh honey, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. You are not there. <laughs> but it's always been that push and pull. Like yeah. I wanted to know so bad, but so scared to know. Uh, that's, see, that's a very telling story. Really? Because, because that even see, this is the thing. Even the pre, the person that gets into yoga for the most physical reasons, they, it's almost exactly like you said. There's an amnesia. You've forgotten something that we were rooted to way back, and it was sacred. It was God. It was some wanting to know that, and so it it does circle back around. And there there is a really it does fit that you would be into yoga and that you at for its highest purposes even if there's so much doubt and uncertainty about things same when i told you i got into yoga i didn't think about the sacred texts i thought about the moves but when i was younger i, I still remember I, I i was taught yoga by this friend of mine and he he taught me surya namaskara the classic version outside in the park and I started doing it by myself um, in this park at the beach I loved it it was unbelievable to me I was 16 years old and um, 12th grade in high school I wrote a paper that was called the world is a sacrament so the whole world is sacred because from this because I doing sun salutations outside with the beach and the water and the sun, you know, it's like the whole world. You don't have to be inside a church. And I was like really fervent on that. And like the teacher asked, he, he was going to read some papers out loud. He's like, is there anybody that doesn't want me to read those out loud? I was like, me. <laughs> in 12th grade. I'm trying to picture yeah. my son writing something. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And if he did, he would not want it read out loud. Yeah. And the guy in the teacher said, Mr. Thomas, he's like, I understand. So he didn't, luckily, he didn't expose me, right? Everybody thought I was a freak. That's so beautiful. And, yeah, and so that, of course it was there. there. Yeah, Yeah. it was in there early on. So even if it gets away from you and you somehow, you know, there's a big distance between you and that, it's still there. And And just being into yoga means you're bringing it closer. And the longer you stay in it, the more you'll remember that and re-embrace that it's because because it is it is so important to you even if you're 
it's partially blocked. Does your mom know what you do? <laughs> oh, no, bad question. Um, my mom is a very interesting situation with my mom. She's a Seventh-day Adventist, and she cannot stand yoga. She thinks it's satanic, and so we the subject of yoga cannot be mentioned, the word, even the word. Right. And, you know, it's my whole life. No, well, actually, no, I figured out that it's not my whole life because my mom still loves me. Like, it's yes. this weird elephant in the room and really strange division that has to happen. But she loves her son, like, more than almost anything in the world. She loves me. But for some reason, she's made this division and decided that yoga is just unacceptable. And so then this is not new. It's been going on for ever since, almost since I began doing yoga. Um, so we, so, but we have a nice relationship actually. It's, it might sound impossible. And I, I mean, of course I've had to go through things and I still do. I get angry sometimes and, and I get sad. Like, you know, like when I made, I've got those singing, um, recordings she's never heard those and she's never she can't enjoy like how my way of sharing in the world and my way of like becoming a man and just everything you know and yet somehow she does it's like it's happened and boy you get the same message don't you like that you have to develop it you have to boy do you get it i get it everywhere i know i get nothing from Anywhere. No, and the people that mean the most to you. Yeah. You have to develop it within you. Yeah. But that's what makes you so strong. Yeah. Because you bring that. You you do bring that. You bring that into the room. You bring that to me as a student. You bring that sense of find it in you. Mm -hmm. You have it. You do not foster a sense of dependency at all. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean. Yeah, and see, my mom, she's completely devoted to God. Like she's a seventh day Adventist, but it's that, that's kind of somehow stereotyping or something like she's praise. Right. And she's just very devout and into having a relationship with God within herself. And, and so we share that. That's what's so funny too, is that we are very parallel in that. And I got a lot of, it from her, my my mom and I are the same way. Yeah. I mean, like she's very Catholic, yeah. And you know, I that was a hard break for me not to follow Catholicism yeah. and to find spirituality in a different way. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I read her some of your stuff, and she says you're a Franciscan, so she's like classified you in the Catholic <laughs> realm. So. <laughs> He sounds very Franciscan to me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I I don't know. But you find, like, now all this stuff, this is making so much more sense. And the elements? Oh. Is that Francis? Totally. The animals and the elements? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. You're very, she enjoyed, oh, yeah, she liked your, (laughs) I was like, anyway, skateboard mom. (laughs) She's like, okay, let's go back to that. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go back to the Franciscan part. But it is funny. You talk so much about finding the middle. You keep having to find it. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Because, like, I could get mad and, like, really oppose my mom and rebel. 
you know, but I can't do that because, yeah. because, because that would just waste it. And there's some, there really is love there. And it, it's a strange love, but I'll take it. I mean, it's better than nothing. And, and who know? I can't say where, what her history has been that right. she has, you know, she, it's challenged. She must be just so challenged in some ways that I can't imagine, you know. So much easier to come to a conclusion. So much easier to just go, that's what you believe I'm, you know. Families do that. Yeah. I mean, it, I it, with lots of different things, they they forget what's most important. Yeah. Yeah. But you're, I like that, what you're saying. That it's, it's finding a middle way. Yeah. That it's not going to an extreme rather than really polarizing it. Like what I said, that I used to think that, oh, my whole life is yoga, so how can my mom relate to me? But it's not. I can. There's plenty I can relate with my mom. We're just two people. And, and two spiritual people. Yeah. So, like, that's the middle. Like, you have right. a, the, str- the most important piece. Yeah. And we don't have to talk specifics. No. We can just be around each other, and it's fine. You know? And so, it works. And, and it's funny, because it, it also... It, there's It's challenging in the way, because my mom is not superficial. So, she's not like... You know, when they come over... We're not baking cookies and, you know, like... What do you do? Yeah, what do we do? Yeah, that's... It's hard. Like, um, the last time I went over there, I mean, we go... We went for a, a nice long walk out in the nature, and there's a lot of silence. And it's nice, the silence, though, because who wants to talk? Who need? It's like, it's nice to not talk, right? Just to be sort of together and communing and... You found the more subtle just, aspect of your relationship. Yeah, you it's realize just that natural. you just like you just you said you start off when you said thoughts and thinking and we create concepts around and we have to get past that and through that and that's what you did with your relationship with your mom. Yeah. You know, no talking. You can just be. It's a much deeper Yeah. And you know, it's obviously it's cool. it's cool, but and it's it's course there's challenge a little. You know, I mean there's it's not some idyllic thing, but it also, it, it just works too. And we, it's also like Guruji. That's what I'm saying. He was so simple in like when you would go to his house, it wouldn't be big, deep philosophical discussions about yoga. It would be like the papaya, uh, the it's mango season. And we'd talk about food recipes and about this village and this temple and just, and they would, and what's funny is they knew I was into music. And so there's in there's North Indian music. There's the drum is the tabla, and in South India it's the mridangam. And I first started off playing drums, but I, and I liked North Indian music, so I played tabla. But they're South Indians, right? And they could not deal with that. So they would always ask me, "How's your mridangam playing?" <laughs> you know, just things like that. It's simple, nothing. Just share a meal together, and that. It can be that. It doesn't have to be profound or rebellious against, you know, all that stuff. Sometimes we get confused with the yoga and we just make it our life and not realize that. Yeah, that it just doesn't have to be that explicit like that all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know if this is the right time, but I wanted to bring it up because it's pretty cool. Your writing (laughs) is amazing. The thoughts that you share, the obviously it goes back to your 12th grade year. I'm really excited that you have thought about putting together some of your journals. 
Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, tell me what you're. Tell me your thoughts um, on this, because I I okay. only know the like little pieces that you're putting together some of your musings and journals and and into a book form, and this yeah. excites me because I actually keep a file with all of your emails. Yeah, I don't know if I ever told you that, but I have, and I go back and I read them because they're amazing. Yeah. Well, to honestly, on this, um, Joy is put this together, and. I haven't had that much of a hand in it, honestly, in this particular thing. It started off, she was going to make a book of interviews with between her, like she's interviewing me. And partly it comes from, so Joy's a filmmaker, and she gets so much out of um, the, the interviews with her favorite directors yeah. and film people. Like, she loves those books. She just attaches herself to them. And so that's... She wants that. She wants to, like, give people that opportunity to, like, you know, she's picked my brain and here here it is on these really cool subjects about yoga. But when we saw that there's, like, so many of my blog pieces that, yeah. that are just nice, like the what they're communicating. And so, so those got also included in it. But I will say that what I did do is she would give me pieces that she wanted me to, like, go through and make them good or just right. like uh, I did that like there's an interview about Chaturanga all of all alone oh, yay. about Chaturanga oh, yay. <laughs> and um, so I worked on that one and got that and then there's a really interesting part that ha- it goes the interview of like practicing in your 20s so it's a whole interview of that and then an interview of practicing in your 30s Okay, and then there's go- the, there's going to be another volume of it oh, that will have the 40s and the yeah, because we yeah, I need it, I, yeah, I need it for me. But, yeah. So it starts with the 20s and the 30s, and it, it talks about Guruji a lot, in, and even some of the things that we've discussed here about like the fear and just what I went through, and um, but, and so it's well, definitely people in their 20s or their 30s we can relate but anyone can relate like to it, it, you can be 50 and read the 20s I'm and just be dying for this so yeah. when do you think you'll have it done uh, very soon Yay. within before December it'll be done. it will be before December yeah so you'll let it yeah one other thing it has in it which what? is kind of interesting it has like I make uh, yantras I know and um, it's got <gasps> you mean you do, do the... it in color, yeah. Your pictures? Yeah. Yeah, so the, they'll, there's going to be five or six of those in this. And you'll let color. us know as soon as it's yeah, ready yeah, and... Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. I know I say it all the time, but um, I'm so appreciative to have you here and have you in my life. And, you know, you mean a lot to me and your teachings mean a lot to me. Do we have to go? Yeah, I think so. Oh, no. I know. I'm so sorry. I know. I can't believe we have to end this. We're not done. We're so not done. Not even close. We have a part two. Yeah, we have a part two. We have a part ten. We have a... (laughs) Thank you for tuning in. And, of course, thanks to our guest and my beloved teacher, David Grieg, who also, by the way, composed our intro music. Be sure to check out David's schedule at davidgreek.com and look for his book in the coming months. If you like what you've heard, please consider subscribing on iTunes and download David's chant. This podcast is the brainchild of Chris Lucas, who also produced and edited. 
and hosted by me, Peg Queen. Please share your feedback at ashtangadispatch.com.